from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And apparently he just wants to go backstage and get a bunch of stuff signed because he also wants MGF to throw a drink on him like we saw on Sunday. Uh, I, I thought, you know, we, we were kind of talking. We thought this would be a good way to start today's show. Coming off of one of the only pay-per-views we get for AEW in Revolution over the weekend, we're fully on the road to WrestleMania, less than a month away from the grandest stage of them all. What storyline right now in professional wrestling are you guys most interested in? Well, for me, it starts with the bloodline because it still is continuing. Uh, the uh, relationship with Sami Zayn uh, and Kevin Owens is still interesting because at some point they will be together. And I know that we have recoiled at the fact that those two may be able to take on the Usos and win the tag team championships, but that's where it's headed. That's where it's headed right now. So nothing beats this storyline. And think about it. What's really second? If I went to AEW, bro, could you tell me what's second? Because I can't come up with a storyline. I see that start, stuff is starting to unfold after Revolution. But is there anything on the AEW side that's even close to the number one storyline in the WWE? So the only thing I would throw out there, and it's really just more of the mystery, is who's next to challenge MJF? Like, he gave a, one hell of a performance this weekend. He showed he can get go in the ring, which we already knew, but he really delivered in the ring. So to me, like, that's sort of the top AEW storyline right now, if it, to answer that question. Um, I would, I would, I mean... To me, yes, it's still the bloodline. The bloodline's the only one. I, I have preached on this show about the way that bloodline versus Sami Zayn, especially at the Elimination Chamber, made the mistake of making me feel things and then not delivering on those feelings. But it, they still make me feel things. Like the, and, and it's not necessarily betrayal, but you know, Jay not choosing Sammy. Like that's still. It doesn't hit as hard, but it still hit hard. Like seeing Jay being that tore up, and then you know, hitting that super kick on Sammy at the end of Monday night, like that still hits. There's still some emotion there. I would say the the top storyline right now in AEW is actually probably what's going on in their women's division. It's the only continuous okay. storyline that I think even makes sense right now with, you know, they've actually built to it where, you know, Ruby Soho is now aligned with Soraya and Tony Storm and, and they're building this originals versus, um, you know, th these out, you know, outsiders that are coming in. And I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. Whereas like, Okay, Blackpool Combat Club, I guess, turned heel. And, you know, AEW's got to stop doing Mox this crap, and man. Again, though. You might get that Yeah, again. that's what I'm saying. We got we to gotta stop having blow-off type matches and then not blowing off feuds, all right? Like, blood and guts, um, Texas death matches. Like, let's. these are things that end feuds. Not like, oh, okay, now we're going to continue these things. Um, so AEW, I think, has a little bit of work to do. But that being said, like, outside, outside of the, the bloodline, in, in WWE, I don't know if anything is really hitting for me right now other than the bloodline in WWE. So well, I think both right now are kind of trying to figure out outside of the bloodline what stories they want to tell heading to their next big events. Well, okay, so I think in the traditional sense that for sure, when we see Moxley in there against Hangman Page, you had these matches that is supposed to be, okay, this is going to be the end, right? This is going to be the end, right? Mm -hmm. And then it, it doesn't happen. Um, Texas Deathmatch usually means whoever comes out of that, now you move on to the next thing. The territory days, you lost the Texas Deathmatch, you move on to a different territory. You go to a totally different company. But based on what we saw in Sacramento on Wednesday, 
it seems like there's still going to be something. If it's not going to be with Hangman Page uh, and Moxley, something with the Dark Order and the Blackpool Combat Club, which will extend this even more so. So here's what's interesting. Just when we thought, okay, after this, this is going to be in, right? No more Moxley, no more Hangman Page. Now they made it interesting to me because Moxley tapped out. Well, how often do you see that? So now, to me, that puts a little bit more, another log on the fire, especially if you're going to involve the Dark Order, which I guess we have to take them seriously now. You know, all, all Johnny Hungy does is laugh and joke around and, and screw around in front of the camera. His promos, he never takes seriously, doesn't take the business until he gets his ass whooped. So now maybe there's another level where now the Dark Order will be interesting. That's another level of a storyline that's going on, I would imagine. But see, so in my head, I can't get past sort of the looking forward to things. So Gabe, to your point about the AEW women's division, I think it's a great angle right now. I think there's a lot of great paths they can take. That could be blood and guts. Ruby could be the one that takes the TBS title off Jade because they haven't really developed anyone there. But I just don't have confidence in them to actually pull that off. That's how I feel about the bloodline right now. Like that reaction when Jay hugged Sammy on Monday showed how much juice that storyline still has but it's still just going to feel so underwhelming when it ends up just being a tag title victory for Sammy, where I saw someone on Twitter uh, tweet this out where he says, hey, Hollywood, take note. I can't wait to go see a Spider-Man movie where the first 80% builds to him taking on the Green Goblin. The Goblin kicks his ass, and then it ends with Spidey beating up two of his henchmen and saying, eh, good enough. That's how this feels, and like that is taking away <laughs> from it. Like It hurts to know that's the ending of this right now. Shout out to Trevor Dane with that tweet. So, that is why the bloodline is just down a notch right now in my eyes. Yeah, but it's still the only thing going, right? Like, it's down a notch, but it's still the best thing that, that's – and it's not even close, I don't think, in particular, even though Roman, you know, we, we you know finally get Sammy – or excuse me, finally get Roman and Cody in the same ring. But it's still the Sammy it, – it's, it's not even that part. It's still the Sammy versus bloodline thing that's keeping, to me, keeping it alive. And I just still think that they're going to regret having – Sammy this close to the bloodline after he lost like and now especially because you continue to intertwine Cody comes out makes the save on Monday after the, the beatdown is happening I understand they're trying to prolong the actual makeup between KO and Sammy and that's they're hoping um, it's going to be a powerful moment despite us all seeing it coming but man again the, the, the closer you keep putting Cody to Sammy the more at least for me I see the difference in the storylines and how much I cared about one versus how much I care about the one they're trying to tell. Well, well the other I, there, you mentioned Cody, like that's the top of the card. Cody joins us in about 10 minutes, by the way. Like, what is the reaction going to be? Like, is it just us that are just being too into wrestling? Cause the fans do seem to be behind Cody right now, but like, I look, I feel like Sammy and Cody need to be on separate nights at mania. Cause once Sammy comes out and they get that moment, we're going to be like, Oh, whatever. But otherwise, like, the fans seem to be into Cody right now, but, like, that's not anything we even thought of mentioning just now. Yeah, the, you know, it's interesting because you thought that maybe the, the audience would boo Cody Rhodes. We haven't heard any of that. As a matter of fact, all the reports that we read and hear about on the house shows, that he's getting revered. As a matter of fact, just like Cena, he gives, like, there's a Rhodes bump. When, like, if he's on the card, people will start buying more tickets. I know that was in Champaign, Illinois, just recently – that they knew that Cody's going to be in the card. More people walked up and got tickets just to see him. So that says a lot about who Cody is uh, in the WWE. So, you know, it's interesting. You look around the WWE landscape, guys, and so we got the, the bloodline. We've been seeing this for over a year. 
But then I'm just thinking about like Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Like, are they going to wrestle each other at WrestleMania? Is that a thing? The women's I think division. So. What about the women's division? What's going on there? Like, there's nothing really cooking where it's with Bianca Belair or with Charlotte Flair where it's like, man, you just can't wait to see them defend their championships. I mean, maybe a little Rhea Ripley. There's a story. But again, these are kind of like secondary storylines that's bubbling underneath the surface, but nothing's more powerful than what we saw here. I can't wait to see if MJF can come close to that because after he makes Brian Danielson tap out, then what's next for him? He's having a re-bar mitzvah coming up on uh, yeah, next, a big moment. next Wednesday. <laughs> a re-bar mitzvah. Huge moment next Wednesday. After not being able to you know, be bothered to show up live after defending his you know, championship on Sunday. Can't even be there live. The champion. Biggest moment. Oh, and we get a promo recorded from Sunday. Okay. Anyway, we can get more to that later in the show. But what? So you bring up the women's division in, in, in WWE. I want to be excited for... Murder Clown Asuka versus Bianca Belair. What the hell are they doing, man? Like, what? We're like, okay, we've got this match set, and they just don't know what story or how to tell it. So now we're sitting in a, in, in a spot where, okay, I, I guess now Carmella's involved in this thing, and she's going to keep fighting everyone, and maybe Chelsea Green, and they're going to tag, and like, it's just they're just kind of wandering in the darkness trying to get to WrestleMania for a match that I really want to see, but they don't know how to build up and give me more juice to it. Yeah, you're watching a couple of organizations. No, I mean, we're building towards... Yeah. Yeah, bro, it's not... Uh, bro, so I was just going to say that you have... the AEW did this into Revolution for two or three weeks, same thing. We're just stretching to get to WrestleMania. This is why you don't see like established, locked in. I mean, their stories are building, but nothing that says, wow, I can't wait. Because that's the essence of wrestling, isn't it? I can't wait until we see this guy. I can't wait for her or him to get his comeuppance. I can't wait. We're not, we don't get that uh, so far. But as we always say, I, you know, once it's in the ring, it's going to be good. WrestleMania, once it's in the ring, for the most part, it's going to oh, be good. Yeah. yeah. But the path we're on right now with the women's division, like with Asuka and Bianca, like, yes, it's going to be a great match. And, you know, the rumors were floating around that Vince was backstage Monday. This is building towards Raw before Mania. Can they coexist as a tag team? You know, we have, we've never seen something like that before. WrestleMania opponents having a team together, will they be able to survive? Like, that's the path we're going on, and that's not really selling a match. No. No, it really isn't. Um, but but again, like it's gonna, it's certainly gonna deliver, and maybe that's just what they're banking on. But I, I would like to see more more stories starting to hit. Like I, honestly, in AEW, like I am curious to see what's next for Brian Danielson because as good as that MJF promo was afterwards, I, I think Brian's was better. You know, it, it oh. leaves more doubt about is he gonna retire? You know, oh, no. like is he actually gonna step away? I mean, he's not going to clearly. But if AEW, if AEW does this right and let it percolate just let it sit there let it simmer for a little bit keep brian danielson off of tv for a month month and a half two months and then he comes back like if he's back in two weeks that promo loses everything but if you can space it out you might be able to make people feel something for brian danielson when he returns again oh i'll make a guarantee and i'll be glad to be wrong but i'll make a guarantee brian danielson will be off tv he'll be on roh that's that's what he says going home. That's where he's going. So I can guarantee you that he's going to be off TV. You get what you want. You get what you want, Gabe. But he's going home, meaning ROH. That's what I think he's going to do. But he takes time off, and then he makes a big splash. Uh, is it late March, bro? It's, uh, yeah, it's the uh, Friday of Mania weekend. So it's the 30th, 31st, whatever. 
would not surprise me if he shows up there. I will say they'll get my money that night. They might get my $10 a month if that night ends with Eddie Kingston winning the ROH title. And then out comes Brian to challenge him. And that's your next angle. Oh, Sign me up. Yes. Oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, Gabe, by the way, yeah. I told this to, to Broitz already, but I'm going to spring this on you. I did not text you with this. Glad um, you're sitting, Gabe. This is big time. I, yes. All right. <laughs> I have a reveal. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, backwards hat. Now we're ready. All right, let's go. Hit me. You may be disappointed in me, and it won't be the last time. But um, I, uh, I am now a member of the ROH Honor Club. <laughs> what? I know. Wait. I know. Okay. I am not. All right, I so, would like to throw that out there. I am not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. We've got Cody Rhodes coming up in just a matter of two minutes. So quickly, let's let's unpack, Jay Hood. What made you decide to spend the ten dollars a month on Honor Club? What? Yeah, he's not he even ready. <laughs> he's not even ready for the follow up questions. Yeah, I um, yeah, I did, and I did that because I was just so curious to see what that first one would look like. I was concerned because it, it was last Thursday, and so I wanted to check check it out, and it gave me kind of like that TNA 2006 vibe as far as the building, because it was in Orlando, and I was just like, okay, the crowd was hot, and I was just very curious, and I got one of my matches of the week based on what I saw there. So I I have to admit to you, mm-hmm. I know that usually that would be Broitz getting that Honor Club, but. I raised my hand. It was me. I All got right. Honor Club. I'm I'm locked in. I can't wait to see Brian Danielson. Now it's going to be worth the ten bucks. I'll be able to see him every week, <laughs> probably. Uh, right. Him against Ar Fox. Quality. Yep. There we there we go. Ro and with Ar Fox going over, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> naturally, that's how that goes. Yeah. Um, so okay, when when we need Roh book reports, I know who to turn to. Now that has fallen onto you. You have done this to yourself. You have no one to blame but yourself, Jonathan Hood. All right, so earlier this week, you guys had the opportunity because WWE, on the you mentioned the house shows, and you mentioned Cody being featured on house shows. Well, Cody is going to be wrestling in my city. He's going to be wrestling in Milwaukee, not this weekend, but next weekend. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get tickets and check out the road to WrestleMania. It's going to be at Pfizer Forum. And because of that, you guys had the opportunity to, earlier this week, talk with the number one contender for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, Cody Rhodes. Glad that you could be with us here for Good Karma Wrestling along with Brian Rhodes from ESPN West Palm. I'm Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for being with us. WrestleMania, we cannot wait. SoFi Stadium, uh, you can be able to watch it on Peacock. It is Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship for the WWE. Cody Rhodes joins us right here on Good Karma Wrestling. Cody, it's Brian and Jonathan. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you very much for uh, for having me. You know, wrestling, uh, in this wrestling and sports entertainment space, good karma is not always the first thing you think of, you know? So you guys are uh, blazing your own trail here, right? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this interview in a good mood here, you know? R- good karma, spreading it around. I like I love it. love it. It's about time for professional wrestling to have a little good, problem. right? Yeah, just a little, a little. You know, it's 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 funny. The nature of WrestleMania is is good karma in a sense where it's where your wrestling friends all get together. I feel like, and and even when I was away, I remember you're not even away because there's some there's 85 independent shows. There's this. There's that. There's 
there's so many different events. There's WrestleCon. There's 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 a superstore. There's it's just the best time to map your week out, come together, and plus being in Hollywood. I mean, I know we're in Inglewood, I know it, but being in Hollywood and just being on the West Coast, West Coast Mania is. I'm sure you guys have some experience. West Coast Mania, West Coast Mania got a different vibe to it. You know, sun's just going down. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Cody, uh, here's something that no one's asked you all day today. How are you, your life, your work-life balance? Have you been able to breathe yet? How do you feel? Um, I, I feel ex- exceptional. The biggest thing um, for me is I haven't necessarily been able to breathe, and I knew I would not be able to. So I have a, a legal pad, like a yellow legal pad that just is a scratch of all my calendar. Yep. And I just try the best I can to get everything in. The, yeah, there it is. <laughs> the, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, it sits on my bus and I haven't really left my bus because we're, you know, we were in Syracuse Saturday and then Sunday trend coming to TV here today um, in Boston today. Um, I, but I got to make sure it's great to do all these shows. You got to make sure you do everything to get yourself ready. And a big thing for me is I came into the Royal Rumble at 8.6% body fat. Uh, tights barely even fit. Poor Sandra thought I was still big, you know? And uh, <laughs> and I, I really want to maintain that. That's something like the whole – I really got into a great training program, a great regimen. I'm trying to maintain that while also doing these live events. I just want to show up at WrestleMania in that, that kind of Rocky three, Rocky four, like the best shape you could possibly – hell, Rocky two. <laughs> the best shape you could possibly be in uh, because it's very much uh, physically being in there with someone like Roman is a totally new experience. We haven't touched really ever. I, I don't count the stuff we did prior because he was a different guy and I'm a different guy. So being prepared for him as someone who's always in great conditioning, that's the area where I've had to try and make everything work and navigate, you know, just to get there and deliver the goods for fans. We hear you talk about it from undesirable to undeniable to be in the main event of WrestleMania. What does that phrase mean to you when you look back on even the last decade of your wrestling career? I think uh, selfishly, I think, you know, a question that a lot of people ask is, well, I wonder if people will follow him from perhaps AEW. I wonder if they'll follow. And that's I don't really. The way I kind of look at it is I don't think anyone can necessarily follow the path exactly because my story was so ridiculously all over the road unique and there was a point in it where it was absolutely out of the cards like out of the question that this could be a thing that was happening i mean i at 20 something years old i would have been so arrogant and so just bragger and bold and all i keep thinking now is just i am beyond lucky beyond bless. Yeah, we worked really hard. And I say we because it was a great amount of people. And I shared my career with so many people, including a wonderful independent fan base that's followed me, a fan base that's welcomed me back. Uh, We worked so hard, but also we're so lucky um, to be here. But truly anyone, I think a lot about wrestlers when I say undesirable, the undeniable, because wrestlers get so down on themselves about there's no way I can come back from this. There's no way. If you are watching what's currently happening, there's a way. There's a, it's, it's called hard work, but it's also a great amount of luck, finding the right people, uh, and also probably the biggest thing is being bold, knowing when to roll the dice, right? That, 
more than anything, I was trying to explain that to Roman the other night on SmackDown. More than anything, that's what I do, man. When when someone says, oh, this can't be done, we're going all in. Here's the full bet. Like, I just, I've been very lucky with my gambles, and hopefully WrestleMania is the biggest payoff of all time. Cody, um, you've been able to talk to people in the back at AEW and Independence and probably in the WWE. I mean, as, as a seasoned veteran, who do you turn to for big moments like this, big life moments like this? Who do you turn to for advice? Oh, I can't believe I'm going to give him credit, but I am. Uh, yeah, so you, you guys, do you guys have those friends that just don't know how to text message that they have to talk <laughs> on the phone? Are yes. you, right, so DDP is one of those who has to talk in person. Mm. And um, he invited me over recently. And I remember it was such a pain to get there. You know, I got a baby. I'm barely home. Such a pain to get here. But when I got there and sat down with him, I instantly realized how grateful and important he is to me. Because, you know, it's the same reason Arn and I were really close prior. I don't have Dusty, right? And, uh, you know, I have a DDP. I have an Arn Anderson, someone like a Ric Flair. These people were close and connected and experienced it. So Dallas is somebody that, I've gone to to talk about things, not to say, here's what I think is going to happen or what do you think is going to happen or not to speculate on the moment, but more to just look at the moment and go, wow, this this is uh, let's enjoy the next 20 something days because this is absurd. And he actually has opened up his studio to me to where I do all my media from the studio because I refuse to do it in the passenger seat of my car. Um, It's just He's been very special to me, and uh, I don't like giving him credit, but it, he deserves all the credit in the world. He's very much was like a surrogate uncle, and he's definitely stepped into that role in a big way. On the flip side of that, how proud does it make you, some of the guys and girls that you give to, the Ricky Starks of the world, the Julia Hartz, the Matt Cardonas, mm-hmm. these guys and girls creating their own path now in the world of pro wrestling, how proud does that make you? Well. I'm very, I'm very proud of Julia because Julia came from the Nightmare Factory camps. So that's like the question that anybody's going to ask. Hey, how's your school? Has anyone done anything? And we can name a few people who had experience already. But really, she came from camp two, uh, did the thing with the Varsity Blondes. But she just took advantage of every opportunity she found. She was just hitting home runs and even maximizing her minutes and even small segments, big segments, whatever it might be. Just very proud. I keep an eye on her and Lee from a distance. Um, You give to them. And one thing I've learned as a coach and such, and even in my role as in management, give give without expecting anything back. Uh, There are people who I hired and my wife hired that don't even remember us anymore. And that's okay. It's a, you know, you give without um, giving, you know, expecting to get back. I don't want to, for one second, though, put over uh, Matt Cardona because. But Matt Cardona is he has he's him and QT basically wrestle for my number one friend spot. Okay. But QT is emotionally and I'm not afraid to talk about this. QT is emotionally available there. He's there to talk about real things. Cardona is so into his world. And I feel like he I don't know. He has blown me off on like three different park visits and stuff like that to the point where he's about to get dropped way down. Wow. Like he might even get out of the, the circle, like below Aaron Solo out of the circle, um, just because 
I'm really proud of him. He's out there. He's doing the indie God thing with the Indiana Jones hats. Uh, is everything Matt's doing? Matt Matt has been the king of the indies now. This is going on year two. You only usually get one run in that role, you know. Like he's going on year two. What Matt does next is going to be huge. If he goes to uh, AW, that'd be cool. But if he comes back to WWE, that's what I want. Um, it would be off the charts. I think I think he's a huge get, a huge free agent. He's the best he's ever been. Uh, but he's really pissed me off. He's not. I have no good karma with Matt Cardona at the moment. And <laughs> Jay Hill, we might need to help Cody out. We've had Matt on this show. We talked about Splash Mountain, so we might he need to help in- you out a little bit. He did this interview with uh, Bill After recently where he buried me, and I have this story about Matt, which I'm going to tell eventually about watching his first meeting with a certain member of management somewhere, how, how he tanked this meeting oh. right in front of me. And then one big line he hit in the meeting that I'll never forget. This is one of my real life friends. He said, I just want to make it clear. I'm never putting on a nightmare family jacket or associating myself with him on screen. What? (laughs) I got you the meeting. Why? Why did you just under the bus right away? So, and then he said some other things that I'll save for the story in a more long form setting, but I love Matt Cardona. I'm greatly irritated with him at the moment. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, will be taking on Roman Reigns again at WrestleMania. Watch it live on Peacock, two nights of great action from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Cody, what was the uh, reason why, maybe you've heard this over the years, why Dustin or why Dusty did not get a chance to be able to win the WWE Championship at some point in their careers? One of the um, uh, coolest things happening, and I keep almost forgetting it, is Sunday before WrestleMania, Superstar Sunday on A&E is the Dusty Rhodes documentary is coming out. And as the executive producer on the documentary, one of my favorite parts of it is some of the luminary figures from the 70s and 80s, WWWF and then the WWF, tell us ultimately what would happen and what went down. And it's a story that when the father tells the son, you don't believe it because it sounds like a tall tale. To hear it repeated by the likes of a Hulk Hogan or a Bruce Pritchard, uh, I'm very excited. I don't want to give it all away, but I'm very excited for fans to see how the documentary is approached in terms of his lasting impact. I mean, you're seeing his impact right in front of you at WrestleMania with the fabled Dusty's kids. All of them are in major matches. Uh, one of them is my opponent in the biggest match of the of the event. Um I think people will be really impressed the things he did that they don't know about. And the things he did that they do know about are impressive enough, but very much looking forward to people seeing the documentary. As far as chicken's concerned, my brother, Dustin, I think, I think I had the benefit and luxury of, I came after Dusty had moved on in the industry. I think Dustin probably had much harder of a battle. You know, I was almost a novelty being so much younger 16 years younger than Dustin. Dad was 39 when he had me. I think he just had to fight something that is probably insurmountable. Uh, Very proud of him. Like you said, Hall of Fame career. Still going. You know, it's one of those things where I know he said he doesn't feel like he has much time left, but I don't see him slowing down either. So I'm very curious where Dustin ends up. And uh, I think about Dustin very often heading into this just because he's the family I have, you know. When you talk about, obviously, the impact Dusty had on your career, everyone knows about that. Who were some of the other wrestlers when you were coming up 
turning into the pro wrestler you are today, that either their matches or even just real interactions with them, you say, okay, this is someone that turned me into who I am today. I mean, are we talking like a peer level or are we talking uh, someone I think when you're younger, like coming up, like obviously Dusty's there, but if you're going to go somewhere else, some of those guys. Well, my guy was was Shawn Michaels. um, and, And I say that because... Sean was a journey in a sense that from the Rockers, hey, Greg's here. Greg's coming in. Greg, what are you doing? Greg, get in here. Hey, Greg. All right, so Sean Michaels, uh, he was one because Sean, the the Rockers happened, of course, and then, you know, the the whole sexy boy persona, him and Sherry, and then everything. But then also going to a full WrestleMania where he didn't win the championship to then go to WrestleMania 12 where it takes an hour plus to win the championship – he was someone I liked as a kid a great deal. He just captivated me. Him and Sting were my guys. They captivated me. But I loved it as I got into the business because you watched his journey. You watched his journey, and it gave you hope for, like I was talking about other wrestlers, when you think you're down, or you're just a tag team guy, or you're just a setup guy, you find yourself in this position if you do the work. Sean being one. Sting, of course, uh, my favorite being a WCW kid. The Steiners, of course. And then uh, as I got a little bit more right before I busted in that teenage scene, Eddie Guerrero, uh, another one where what a long journey to get to the Cow Palace, to get to that moment that he had uh, with Brock Lesnar. And and that's one that I think about a lot lately because, again, it's one that you wouldn't have seen coming. But then when you saw it, it made all the sense in the world. I heard that there was a shake at the stick out west in uh, San Francisco. You hear any rumblings? Wait, what happened? <laughs> what happened? There is a there's a big show that took place in San Francisco. I was wondering your thoughts on it. I didn't. Uh, I actually only uh, I only saw some highlights from Ricky. Uh, I had a pirated feed, which I probably should have just figured out how to get a right feed. Uh, I'm not going to tell you, Simi. That I thought Ricky did great. I was very proud of him. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho is an absolute legend. As he's more than a legend, he's Chris Jericho, and for Ricky to be able to to deal with that and handle that in the way he did. Very proud of Ricky. Very proud of Julia, of course, just seeing her. Proud of Malachi, actually, because he was somebody that I, I I loved our interaction with. And then I wanted to see more of that Malachi. And it's been a minute. So to see him uh, deliver FTR, guys, uh, I saw. And then all my other kids. I ain't going to name them because I ain't going to put them over. But all my other kids who... You know, one of them is out there in the main events, and it's we don't have to be best friends or anything, but just very proud of uh, of their growth and their continued growth. And you know, we knew that you were a fan, but my Brian, he's like us. I know. <laughs> His own private link. Coach. Well, it's way. Listen, one of the benefits of working for WWE is like, oh, it's on Peacock. You go on Peacock, it's right there. Right. Right. Anywhere else I've wrestled, whether it's New Japan, anywhere else, these interfaces are a disaster. They're a disaster, guys. And, like, I love every – like, Fight TV. I'm all right. I like Fight TV. That uh-huh. one, at least they got some of the – like, but come on, right? We're yeah. Clearly, you're tuning in in a streaming fashion today. I'm not Yo, we've talked about it a lot. With, you mentioned New Japan. Like, I'm pretty sure we've signed up for the dojo somehow and trying to watch some of their shows. So here Dog. we are today. They, I get, they take $10 from me, like, every week, and I don't remember what I signed up for. <laughs> So, but hey, whatever. It's everyone's learning. We're growing as you know. WrestleMania is the biggest numbers-wise, metrics-wise that it's ever been. That just brings up the whole business, and I'm I'm beyond blessed that I get to be in that position. 
we've seen it on social media. We've seen people get in trouble sometimes at house shows for the too sweet gesture. You at a house show, yourself, the Good Brothers, and a fan dresses your father. We shouldn't expect any backlash from that, right? You're going to be okay from that's too sweet? I think I'll be fine. I also, okay. the uh, Mike, the, the Dusty impersonator, uh-huh. often sometimes can be, it's wonderful and a blessing, but often sometimes can be a little bit of a nuisance because okay. the crowd is like going nuts over him. And I kept kind of like joking, like, oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'll see him out there. And then, of course, I decide, you know what? Come in the ring. Why not? Make a whole big deal out of it. So it ended up uh, he, a great guy who actually part of the Dusty Doc. I don't know if it will make the final doc, but he has a really unique story, not unlike my father's. So it's great to see, like, the fandom continue and people take the photos with them and stuff. I love it. Let's play match game. Uh, I don't have the pencil mic like Gene Rayburn, but I can at least ask the question. Um, so, Cody, uh, Roman Reigns as a performer is blank. Roman Reigns as a performer is elite. What makes him elite to you? I think as far as the big things that you need for this in terms of presentation, in terms of conditioning – in terms of poise, I almost want to go back and say Roman Reigns is a superstar. The term superstar is often uniquely used because it's how WWE wrestlers are described, and I do understand. But Roman's the one that makes it clear what the distinction is. Roman's the one that makes it clear, oh, he, yeah, he is a wrestler, sure, a really great wrestler, but he's also on Jimmy Fallon. He's also able to do all these things that he's able to do in a way that represents an entire brand that is a a multi-billion dollar worldwide industry. He can't just be a wrestler. Uh, And he's the one that makes the distinction for me as what an actual superstar is. When you see him come out and you see how kids look at him and the, the, the bloodline gauntlet and the respect they have for him, uh, that that's really him more than anybody else. Cody, as always, we appreciate your time. Again, WrestleMania will take place uh, on Peacock. Again, a two-night event, SoFi Stadium. Again, the main event, Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Championship. As always, good luck to you. We're Rhodes stands, so we're right behind you, Cody. Let's get this done. Thank you. I just got yelled at on my phone while we were talking by somebody who told me I needed to be by ringside. So I, <laughs> I hope they know I'm doing this. I'm doing this media, and I'm doing it with good karma wrestling, so they can wait. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, gentlemen, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, great interview with uh, Cody Rhodes here on GKW. By the way, again, they are going to be here in Milwaukee, Road to WrestleMania, not this Saturday, the following Saturday, Ticketmaster.com, or, or if you want, you can buy them at Pfizer Forum as well. Um, before we get to number two in our three count, your guys' thoughts on the interview. Well, first of all, with with honesty, bro, it's – uh, I forgot to promote the Milwaukee part of that because all I saw, <laughs> I just got, and I'm sorry, Gabe, and I know that was a setup. All I saw was the main event at WrestleMania and X-Star, saw stars in my eyes. <laughs> I forgot. Thank God you're here because yeah. bro, I'm not going to put it on, on him. I'll put it on me. All I saw was, oh, my God, we got the main event at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm, I'm Cody. What? <laughs> Oh, no, don't worry. I forgot about it also until Gabe mentioned it leading. I was like, oh, that's right. That is what we were promoting. So, yeah, go check them out in Milwaukee. Go see Cody. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> so, that, but you weren't here to steer the ship. So, all you, you, got, you got your two jackaloon 
you know, uh, you know, co-host, and all we saw was the main event, like Cody. How are you? What's already on Peacock? So we're sorry. I will say though, like David pointed out, like Cody's such a legit wrestling fan. Like the pirated feeds, like come on, Cody, you can afford that. Like the fact that he's bringing up AEW. Yeah, what, what, what are we doing here? Thing. You're right, telling like, me that WWE didn't give him a big fat contract to come over? He's pirating feeds? He's one of us, man. Right? Doesn't I mean, know how to cancel New Japan World. It's everything. Like, he's he's you. Can't yeah. he can't cancel it either? Wow. So I just thought I thought the conversation was great um, because he was relaxed, even though he had a ton of stuff to do. I'm sure for that raw um that night but he spent time with us while he was in boston and i think that he enjoyed the conversation as well only because we want to kind of talk about like what he's going through like the work-life balance with brandy and the new baby on one side who roman reigns is you know who's his influence his dad's passed away so you know he's been a mentor for so many in AEW and in the indies so who does he turn to and we find out it's dallas page and so those are the kind of things that we want to know about Cody, just like underneath the suit. But that's the most endearing thing to me about Cody. What makes Cody relatable is he is one of us. Like his his knowledge of the past and wanting to. So I I remember at All In the first you know that when they got the ten thousand people in Chicago and I was at that show. Like he won the NWA Championship on a roll up. Like it was, it was something more old school. Like it was an old school match, clearly a tribute to old school NWA to his dad. And he always like has those things in mind and he's just a pro wrestling fan. Like so many times you get and and we've had them. It's, and it's not a bad thing. It's understandable. So many times when we've talked to somebody from WWE, that's all they're going to talk about. But he is very obviously paying attention to so many other things in the pro wrestling world because he's a pro wrestling fan. And that's what makes him endearing to us. He's not afraid to say, you know, he he was allowed to when, when he came back. It's part of his entrance. There's more than one royal family in professional wrestling. That's how it starts. You know, that's how it starts. And he's used some of those terms that we thought were banned by Vince. And he's because he's a professional wrestler and he just kind of endears himself to at least that part of the fan base. Yeah, and I think that's why he hasn't gone the Cena route yet. Like, he's a Cena-esque babyface. Like, what he's going to go out there and rah-rah and mention the crowd name. But those little things where, like, us as wrestling fans knowing that stuff, older wrestling fans knowing the Dusty Connection, he's doing those things to still not get that heat just yet. It might turn a month from now, but as of now, I think they're doing everything right with his character. Uh, If you happen to miss any of that interview, you can either watch back one of the links wherever you watch GKW through the Good Karma Brands social media feeds, or, of course, you can just download Good Karma Wrestling, listen back on the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, what do we have at number two on the three count? Well, that moment uh, Cody had to go out to Raw for was a little uh, hand-me-down and a little hug from one John Cena. Cena then cuts a promo on Austin Theory, accepts his challenge for WrestleMania. Been a lot of buzz about that Cena promo. How would you guys grade the Cena promo from Monday? <sighs> I mean, it was a great promo, right? Like in, in terms of the delivery, in terms of the message, I, I was, I was feeling because he's John Cena. He's one of the best on the mic of all time. That just that's the way it is. That's 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 part of John Cena. But it is controversial in the fact that the more I sit here and the more I watch it back and the more I think about that promo, what what exactly did it accomplish other than to absolutely and utterly 
Barry Austin Theory. Well, here's what you're supposed to do. In that situation, it's supposed to be a compliment, a compliment sandwich, right? That's what it's supposed to be, a compliment sandwich. And we didn't get that from Cena. Cena buried Austin Theory, which is what we normally hear about Cena, right? Burying opponents. Whether that's true or not, in his career, like, once you take yep. on Cena, your career's done. And whether that's true or not, I mean, I think that's beside the point. But what endearing thing did Matt Cardona? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> right. I just exactly. had. Exactly. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, game. thank you. Thank you. You keep thank going you. on that list, by the way. You keep going on that list. Uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler. So I, I would just say, <laughs> I would just say that, um, what did that do for Austin Theory? I mean, he because he's, because here's why, bro. It's everything Cena said from my standpoint and from the show standpoint is true. The truth, every bit of it, every yeah, bit of it. Yeah. So go ahead. Nothing that did nothing for Theory, and like we've talked about him a lot on the show. Like the stupid cash in, they were starting to build him back up, and then you mentioned that they pipe in crowd noise. Oh. Like as good as Cena was, like who wins from that promo? Like. <laughs> Monday after Mania comes, like, there's no one moving forward. Like, yes, we assume Theory is going to win at Mania, but that did nothing for him. And the one thing I kept thinking back to, because I've mentioned him a lot on the show, is carrying Cross when Adam Cole did that to him. It's on NXT, and Adam Cole is no John Cena, but yeah. he completely cut the legs out from under. It's, 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 yeah, it's what it's what you mentioned, Hood, right? Like usually when you go after your and opponent I've, like that, you you have the compliment sandwich. That's what you have to have. You know, you gotta have you gotta have a little something where you're at least giving him credit. And the only time he kind of gave him credit was like, oh, I've been in those shoes before where yeah. I've kind of been lost. You know, and he mentions the um, ruthless aggression, John Cena, the the one that initially came out, and as he mentioned. That almost got him fired because he just didn't have a direction. And that's kind of where Austin Theory is. Like, but this to me doesn't give Austin Theory a direction. Like, eh, I, I don't know how Austin Theory comes back from that promo. I just don't know how he does it. It's an A minus for me because of how well executed John Cena had it. The minus only is what did you do for the young guy? When you go back to Hollywood, a week after WrestleMania, Austin Theory is still going to be there, floundering with his his, his reverse chin lock, and where <laughs> guys got to be able to fight from underneath. Uh, Kane, he it's got to be Kane on YouTube. Says Theory went to cry in his car after that Cena promo. Probably did, <laughs> probably did because like okay, if you're Theory, you're like okay, great, I'm I'm in the ring on a big stage with John Cena, and so my prediction still is, and we're a few weeks out. I still think that Cena wins at the WrestleMania and Jay White comes in from the side door uh, the next week and then beats Cena. That, that's what I say. But still, if you're theory, you're standing there and you're taking it. It reminded me a little bit. There's some vibes of uh, Rock Cena with that, where The Rock had some notes in his on his wrist sure. pad, if you remember this, their matchup at WrestleMania, because Rock didn't have it. Of all people, didn't have the gift to gab. And Cena's like, yeah, don't forget your notes right there on your wristband. I mean, it was personal. Yeah, but those two were elite level. Like, no one's going to get squashed from that. Like, Theory, if you told me WrestleMania next year in Philadelphia, Theory no longer works there, I don't think that's crazy at this point. Because, like, Cena even cut out, like, from the match. Him saying, like, oh, if you beat me, you beat a part-timer, and the Raw after Mania crowd's going to eat you alive. Like, 
yeah, that's going to happen now. And then after that, it's going to be silence. Like, there's nowhere for Theory to go after this. And that's why, like, I say it's a B because as good as Cena was, it was just so damn bad for Theory. (laughs) (laughs) What if Inception style, this is what Hunter wanted because Vince was always, you know, like Austin Theory was always a Vince guy. And all these rumors are out there about Vince coming back. Hunter's like, oh, I'll show you guys. Remember Austin Theory, that Vince guy? My buddy John Cena is going to go out and just absolutely just bury him live on television. Boy, the mustachioed Mike, Vince McMahon probably didn't like that promo. <laughs> we didn't like that one, but but you know well, what? Well, but Cena's Cena's like his one guy. Like Cena's the only one that's been like spotted having dinner with Vince out in like public since all the things with Vince went down. That's got to be conflicting for Vince. This it's is a, a great, big conflict. It's, it's a great point, Gabe, by Soul Brother Number Five on uh, on YouTube when he says, "Let's not forget when Cena almost killed Roman Reigns on the mic when he said that uh, he was giving him was a." Good. Yeah, I, I, I still I, like Roman's on the up. Like theory, they had to build him back up. Like that's been one of the best things Hunter's done is built him back up from that terrible money in the bank. And he was like, no, he's not this top notch hill. But like, <laughs> there's just no more building now. Well, no, how about but, this? How about this? How about this, Gabe? How about this? How about that Austin Theory beats Cena, and no matter what Cena says, this could be Austin Theory's MJF moment. Because all three of us thought that MJF would win in that 60-man Iron Man match of Revolution. We just weren't sure how. It was a classic, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But just the idea that MJF won, and now he's going to be parading around like, yeah, I beat, quote-unquote, the best in the world. Austin Theory can come back on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania says, yeah, I beat John Cena. I mean, he, can, he can be on that no matter what Cena says. If he beats Cena 1-2-3, it's like at least that's a notch on his belt. He can go around with that and still be aided because he, sure. he has to go away heat right now. He does. Sure, sure. But like Fandang, you know, Fand, Fand, Fandango beats Chris Jericho at, at a WrestleMania too. Like you can have that WrestleMania moment. Cool. But what do you actually do with it? And I think that was right. the larger point of the Cena promo. Like, yeah, sure. You can beat me. You can put that notch on your belt. It's not going to matter because you can't do anything with that win anyway. Like you, that's how little you matter that you could beat 16 time world champion, John Cena, the guy that everyone in WWE programming is trying to make the goat of professional wrestling. The guy that WWE props up themselves as their greatest champion of all time. And if theory beats you, it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Austin theory has proven to us that he can't do anything with it. Okay. Jay, what right. if he beats him with the, the reverse chin lock, though? Does that help them? <laughs> Locks like it me. in, and then the arms go down? <laughs> well, you know what? That'd be better than his finish, because it's the worst finish. It, <laughs> his finish is the shits. It's the worst in professional wrestling. When it, when it hits, it's like, it, it, it's it's as bad as when the guns win a match. That's how bad it is. Like, <laughs> the, the air comes out of the room like, oh. And just uh, that's that's what it feels like. That's but but okay. So let's fix him then. Okay, we know the problem is that he's got go away heat comes out there very mechanical in the Vince era way of doing a promo. So how do you fix Austin Theory? I mean, it's a young talent. What do we always say? We want something new, something new in the business, right? Something new on Raw. Something new. all right. So how do we fix him? But he's not. But he's not new. He's he's the <laughs> Raquel. Like, but. He is new. He's, what do you mean? He's been around for two years. What do you mean he's not new? No, but his character's not new. 
Like he's just generic heel in sunglasses. Like he is, he's the exact same thing as Raquel Rodriguez. Like, why should I care about smiley baby face Raquel? Because she can like flex. It's the same thing for him. Like, why do I care? Just because he has a punchable face that now he's all of a sudden he should now. be like, I, like, I don't have a reason to care about Austin theory in the same way. I don't have a way to care about Raquel, despite them wanting to push both of them. Like, give me something. Give me more depth of character. Give me something to grab onto instead of just being shallow baby face who can flex and smile or smarmy heel who wears sunglasses and runs away from fights. So what is it like taking from all this and like, is he a sympathetic baby face? Like, hey, everyone's like almost that Miz-like route. Like, oh, no one accepted me. Like, he takes a loss at Mania. Like, John Cena came out and tried to end my career and then, like, slowly build it back up again. Like, the way we've seen him built back up the last few months, build it back up again until next year's Mania. God, that's that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. He comes across cocky. He looks great. But just, like, again, I'm not sure how you – you know, now, back in the day, like, under Bruce Pritchard, when he's really working with characters a lot, like, he would have gave him a, a whole new persona, different character, right. a, a whole a new coat of paint. I'm not sure what he needs. I just know that what I see is what I saw under Vince, and that is what Gabe just laid out. Gabe just laid out the the whole LinkedIn resume of this young man. (laughs) Smarmy heel, he's got sunglasses on in the ring, and has the mechanical way of being able to do a promo. It's It's very inflexible. His, and his, I mean, his style is very inflexible to me. Yeah, you got to find a way to connect with the audience, and he just hasn't. Well, that's you mentioned those fresh coats of paint that we used to see a lot in the '90s and 2000s, where they'd yeah. be different characters. Yeah, see, put him on, make him a baseball player, make him Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. We're seeing it with Baron Corbin, and now and nothing's connecting. Like, is he going down that path? Like, Corbin's the one guy that is in current WWE that you've seen go through five different character versions. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> they brought it. They brought in JBL. And right. that didn't even work for Corbin. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. I mean, so he's hard. about to be a I mean Corbin's about to be a male model. I mean, honest to God, man. Like <laughs> they've gone to the I mean, and by the way, Corbin can work for a yeah, big guy. It's absolutely. just like but it's like they haven't had a plumber in the while. Let's just do that for theory. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Bruce Pritchard isn't listening. What about an electrician? Like, what, yeah, just going to start naming the trades? Like, he's <laughs> Bruce will do that right away. Hey, I got, I got an idea for you. You know, you know like the whole common man thing. We're going to make you. We're going to put a drill in your hand. You're going to be an electrician. They're going to do that. We're going to start some vignettes. Let's go. Let's go to Hartford, Connecticut, and film some stuff. Like, no. No. And a bunch of uh, vignettes just talking about the word shocking, like puns regarding that stuff. It'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we get we need to come up with our top five guys are just stuck. I mean, like, I can't even tell you, like, you know, Baron Corbin, guys, if he was in AEW, it'd be – no, it'd be the nope. same thing. Right. Like, it's, oh. it's Austin Theory. Well, Austin, some oh, of the comments the- are saying put him to NXT 2.0, but, like, uh, didn't see someone mentioned Grayson Waller's there. Like, you can't even do that. Like, I don't think that helps at this point. Yeah, he's – that's a great list, and I think we should come up with that next week. Our top five guys who are just – guys or gals who are just stuck. <laughs> just stuck. <laughs> I mean, 
We may have to do six because I think number one clearly is Baron Corbin. And I do, again, I feel for the guy because, you know, I, I think there could be something there, but like everything they try just falls flat on its face. Sad. Yeah. <sighs> number three, Brian. Sunday night from San Francisco is AEW Revolution ending with MJF retaining the AEW world title. What do you guys want to see from AEW after Revolution? How? How? In the world, can you? What's the matter? <laughs> so they put on a banger of a of of a main event on Sunday. Fantastic so match, tremendous. You know, like match of the year type of match, right? Like when we do get to the end of the year, that match, the Iron Man match, is going to be on the short list of what we're talking about in terms of match of the year. And we can't get MJF on television. How is MJF and his next angle not closing out the show? Instead, we have QT Marshall closing out the show on Dynamite last night. What, what, what are we doing? Like, I, I just don't. You don't understand remember their interactions that like everyone talked about? Yeah, I no, completely I forgot. <laughs> completely forgot that QT Marshall's word is his bond when it comes to Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> What I think is of word is bond. I don't think QT Marshall, but that's exactly <laughs> what I was. That's what I said. That's what I got. Yeah. And, but you, where's that complaint about Roman? Where's that complaint about Roman after after Elimination Chamber? Where is it? The bloodline is still present. The right. bloodline still had was was there, and that's that's the beauty of the blo- of the, the bloodline storyline is that you can take the main character and float him in and out because he is negotiated that part-time schedule but he has a presence whether it's paul Heyman getting off his phone and going hey if you don't figure this stuff out for your with your brother the tribal chief is gonna blame you because they've built it around a cast of characters you don't need the main character there all the time now it's certainly enhanced when he is but when you just you're just the lone wolf you're the devil you got to be there the next you got to be there on Wednesday night. They have to have something other than a promo that was cut after the match on Sunday. You have to do something if this is going to be your guy that you're propping up. He has to be featured on television that next show. Has wow. to happen. It's inexcusable that it didn't. Well, you're going to have to realize that AEW's keeping MJF special just like Roman's being kept special on WWE TV. Well, that's right or wrong. That's what they're doing. Sure. Now, 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 to me, now again, old school me says that yes, he should have been in Sacramento on Wednesday, Sacramento on Wednesday, or next Wednesday in Winnipeg. I would say, how about both? How about that? Yeah. If, you, if you're going to pick one, it would be right after the the pay per view you had on Sunday. That's just for me, but it's okay because now that builds anticipation. Because I'm going to see what this is going to be like on Wednesday, and then who comes after him next Wednesday. I'm interested in finding out. Yeah, did I want to see him Wednesday in Sacramento? Yes. But you know what? Now I can't wait to see who comes after him next because that should tell the sign of who's going to be in line for the next championship for double or nothing. I mean, yeah, you ran so down a list. Yeah, so if you look at this show, like I'm most interested in can they stick with their guns? That They made a sort of statement on Sunday. MJF, Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Jamie Hayter. Like, they're young guys and girls got wins over the ex-WWE guys. The numbers haven't quite backed it up. Another, you know, 800,000 last night on Dynamite. 
will they stick with those young guys moving forward or are they going to, you know, panic and all of a sudden bail somewhere? Yeah, let's go through that list again because that's the thing that stood out to me. Because if you're an AEW fan, you got Jericho who lost, you got mm-hmm. Danielson who tapped out, you got John Moxley who tapped out. Christian lost to Jungle Boy. Christian lost to Jungle Boy. He's buried. His career's buried. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Ruby okay. and Soraya lost to Jamie Hayter. The Elite yeah. lost to House of Black. Yes. So I'll take it because I think, and I don't know what AEW considers revolution. I don't know. Is this their WrestleMania? Is this their backlash? No. Is this no. their Survivor Series? I don't know what, I, well, seriously, I don't know what it, but it, to me, it was a big enough event to draw a line and say, okay, now the AEW stars are going to shine. And I think that that's best for the company. Like you got, you were built all the way up to this with ex-WWE people and veterans. Now here's the young guys. Here you go. Jungle Boy. Here you go. Ricky Starks. Here are your, here are your people. Now you're going to root for them. You're going to pay a ticket. You're going to go watch them. That's, I think that's why this year is going to be very intriguing for, uh, for AEW. That's for sure. Yeah, in terms of what do I want to see out of AEW, I, again, I am very curious about the MJF thing. FTR. But the, the best thing, the best thing, yes, FTR. Like, I'm curious to see what happens with FTR, and I know Dax went on his podcast and kind of denied, but also didn't really deny that they had signed contracts. Oh, no, extensions. he definitely denied. He said nothing yeah, but has then- changed. Yeah, but then he like changed it and he's like, well, even if I were to say, you know, that we did, people are not going to believe it, believe whatever you want. He like kind of backtracked on it a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. And so I don't know what's I, happening I there. Pretty adamant, nothing's changed. He said they called Tony called him five days before because he thinks Tony saw the headline that Dak said on his podcast, hey, we still want to work, which I don't get how that's communication, how that works, but whatever. At least we got FTR back. So like, yeah, what do they do with them? Like, but AEW has been so up and down with their booking. The one thing I feel like the one act they've sort of been consistent with is the acclaimed, and that's even losing some steam a little bit. I just worry about a Starks or a Jungle Boy. Like, hey, Sunday was great. We'll see you in a month. Like, keep it going. Well, I, I would agree with that because if you're going to elevate them and win on your pay-per-view, then those guys should be featured more in meaningful storylines to lead them to championships. So I, I totally agree with that. It, this has this... I don't know, guys. It feels like it's not ruthless aggression, but it feels like the Heyman-led SmackDown team where, you know, 2000, 2001, in that era. That's what it feels like, where it's bubbling into something pretty special. Um, As far as FTR is concerned, so I'm just going to tell you that Dax Harwood uh, is a worker. I don't mean in the ring. I mean with the press. I don't believe in anything he says (laughs) as far as the contract status. No, I'm, I'm just... And I'm sure he's going to be a guest in the show at some point this year. But I know he's working us because, well, they, he loves to talk. He's got a podcast he's now. Old school. And, he's old school, man. Yeah, K-Fan's a thing. I think he's sandbagging us because otherwise, why would FTR just be rushed on the television? They were on the pay-per-view at the end, which saved the whole thing. As soon as the guns won, all, all I know is that Danhausen had the crowd going. The crowd was behind Danhausen. And as soon as the guns I won the match. He was like, yay, one, two. Oh. Do, 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 do. And then the song came on, and then the, the crowd was completely out of it when they found out the guns won. But why did FTR show up? Because I think that they're going to stay with AEW. That's what I believe. I think there might be something signed that we just don't know about yet. It wouldn't surprise me. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. they ultimately stay with AEW. Um, by the way, the only thing worse than that would have been Jeff Jarrett winning uh, the tag team championships with Jay Lethal. Clearly would have been worse than the guns. It's the yeah. only thing that could have been worse than the guns. Tell them. Tell them, Broads. Uh, tell them. Uh, uh, do, do you want to go to news and notes? I got something for you. No, wait, wait. But, yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know where you're going. All right, so uh, AEW title news. The AEW Atlantic t- All Atlantic title is no more because it's yep. now the AEW International title. And next week in Canada, Orange Cassidy defending against the new AEW International champion, <laughs> Double J, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> he's winning that title. A hundred percent. No, 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 yep. much, no. You want to bet? No. Can't do it. Don't do it to me, Tony. I won't show up on Thursday. I swear to God. If <laughs> What are we doing? What are we doing with Double J? What are we doing? He has, somebody, somebody explain it to me like I'm five. I don't want to actually do the research, but is there anyone this year that's been on TV more than Jarrett? Oh, I, I think he's been on every show. On, He's on every show, every week, both shows. Why is that, Gabe? Come on now. Come on. Wrestling 101. Why is Jeff Jarrett on your TV? Because he pisses you off and there's heat, brother. Because there's heat. <laughs> that's But that's bad. Like, it's not like, it's go away heat. It's get you off my television. I want to change the channel heat. All right? A-Town, A-town down, Jeff Jarrett. Which one? Wh- who do you want to see on TV more? A-Town down. <laughs> Oh really? And it's not really? even close. And it's not even close. Every week. Not even okay. close. Okay, really? Yes. You want to see Austin Theory more so than Jeff yes. Jarrett on your TV? Yes. Yes. Wow. I would. I would watch three hours of him doing A Town Down on seventeen thousand different people than rather than watch Jeff Jarrett win a championship in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. He's winning that title. Yep. Because otherwise, Congrats what? This will be his first singles match in AEW, as far as Dynamite, right? It has to be. Yeah. It has to I be. He's, so. he's, yeah, been tagged with stuff. he's been in tags with Lethal. He's winning that title in Winnipeg. He is. <laughs> Wednesday night, Dynamite, tune in. It, it's going to happen. Because otherwise, why Why is he in that match, right? Like if what? They, if yeah. Cassidy they... requested it, of course. There's your storyline. If they put that as the main event, if we go off no, on no. Wednesday night, Jeff Jarrett standing tall, I'm done. I'm not going to watch AEW, and you guys can talk all the AEW segments. Like, I'm done. You got I, I got to take a break. The main event. You got Kenny gotta, and Jericho. You got Winnipeg's own, the main event. Well, I'll tell you what. Central time, you'll be cutting that TV off at 710 yes. because he's winning that title. That might be. That might open the show, actually. I think it opens, yep. Yeah, no, he's going to win that title. Because otherwise, like, first of all, you never needed this championship. We never needed uh-huh. it. But then you change it after, what, a year? Now you change the name well, of because it. Because of Shazam, of course, coming out soon. It levels up. I didn't, even, I, I didn't even get that when they were saying it. <laughs> I, I, missed the, I missed the reference. I heard him say it. They said, I'm level up. Thank you, Excalibur. I don't know what you're saying there, but level up. He's winning the title. Does he get confetti? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. It'll be red and silver confetti. 
he hates Jeff Jarrett, but he's there for heat. Every time he comes out there, he gets a reaction. You saw him on so the, what? On so what? We're doing we're doing a young person revolution AEW other than the <laughs> oldest man alive. Still looks good, brother. Hey, All out give him that. international title, give Jarrett him that. versus Nate. How about that? <laughs> I'm bored with that. All out, Chicago. Nate and no. Double J international title. I won't be there for that then. If he's going to oh. be in the title, <laughs> but it's happening, man. It's happening, and I think that in, in just hats off to Orange Cassidy. Done a nice job. Yep, very nice job. The, the title, if if it does that next week. And, and I said this when he got the title. I'm like, cool. I'm glad that he got it. I don't think he's going to have a good run with it the champ, as the champ, and he has been spectacular. So yep. hats off to Orange. Elsewhere in news and notes, Sports Illustrated says both AEW and WWE are interested in signing the 24-year-old commander who we saw on Dynamite last week. And just of note, WWE did reach out prior to Dynamite. They didn't see that. and be like, oh, that guy's good. So he's still weighing his options. I mean, good for him. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened with, you know, the way that Tony does things is interesting where he allows people to kind of showcase themselves before they sign sometimes these deals. Um, it's cost him in before in the past, but, it, it, you know, so we'll see if it if it costs him again this time, being able to showcase what he can do in front of a live audience on national television and if that catches the eye of WWE. he make a fine Ring of Honor star. I think he makes it be a fine on Thursday nights. You know, like more than a third of that roster in AEW can go to ROH and it can be a viable brand. I really believe that. I know people are very wary of the Tony booking and rightfully so. I understand that. I mean, I could poke holes in Triple H too. No one's perfect at it, but there's, there's so many guys in the back and so many women in the back there that are just there for two or three minute matches on the pre-shows and dark and elevation in Orlando. Like, they should be an ROH and, and build a real brand because all they want to do is work, man. Yep. I mean, could you imagine? This is what the business used to be when it was really hot. Three hundred. Imagine being away from your home 325 days a year. 325 days a year on the road, right? And, yeah. so, and, and, and not getting paid like the guys are getting, and the men and women are getting paid now. Now they're getting paid to sit home. And all they want to do is just find an indie show, get on AEW. They just want to work. Tony Khan's got a backlog, a lot of wrestlers that just want to work, and they don't get a chance to get TV time. And that's where I think ROH could really come in and help. Finally, news and notes, WWE getting some national headlines. According to reports, the WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators to legalize betting on high-profile matches. They've already been talking with Michigan, Colorado, and Indiana. Okay. Um, so go ahead. I, I understand making this leap because every other sports entity is right. Like there's money to be made, and you're trying to increase your revenue streams, especially if you're WWE. You're a uh, publicly traded company. This just screams like we're gonna have a scandal at some point, right? Where someone starts leaking the results so, to someone. Apparently, according to this, they would work with like the accounting firms that work with like the Oscars and things like that, because you can bet on the Academy Awards. So yes. it'd be similar to that. So only a few people would know the results. The accounting firms would then hold them. The one thing that would affect wrestling is some of the match results would have to be locked in months prior. And then the betting would close hours before. And that's when the talent would find out who's winning and losing. Well, I'm glad this is happening under Triple H and not Vince, because that fly-by-night booking nonsense that he used to do 
where he would tear up the scripts the day of and then try to rewrite them right before Raw and SmackDown, that wouldn't work. I, I, I would just say, okay, so they have they would have a storyline already written out, and then they would not tell the wrestlers until a few hours beforehand who's going to go over. That's uh-huh. BS. That's not true. I don't believe that at all. I do not. I mean, that would prevent organic moments like Sammy winning the world title. Oh, wait. Here, here we are. The, keep that hermetically sealed and never open that envelope. <laughs> never. <laughs> never open up that envelope. That, that that's And so the way it comes across to me, Gabe, it's like, okay, so you're going to bet on this. And so we're going to make sure the storylines are already locked in. No one will ever know except Triple H and his friends and the writer and everybody else. They'll know. But then they will tell the wrestlers beforehand, day of the show, here's who's going to go over. So what we're we're basically saying is whatever the fans react to, it doesn't matter then. Because if you have to have your storylines planned out that far in advance, like – so you don't get to ever change course, like you don't. It, Kofi Mania doesn't ever get to happen, like we don't get that moment—a moment that Brian Danielson, by the way, recently said was his favorite of his WWE career. And I guess, of how course, do you by the also- way, of course, it's just like super on brand for like Brian Danielson's favorite moment to be where he gets <laughs> pinned. Like that's just so on brand for Brian Danielson. Just yeah, me putting somebody else over was fantastic. Right. That's my favorite moment of all time. See, I don't get though how they would pivot in like health situations. Like the best actor, whoever's going to win best actor this weekend, if he breaks his leg, you know, a week ago, he can still win best actor at the Oscars. Like in wrestling, if something gets hurt, like how do you deal with that? Would be interesting. Yeah, like if if you had this like, but when yeah, I I, I don't know, you know, like when Cody Rhodes when Cody hurt his pec, you know, like so whoever he was supposed to face at SummerSlam, like okay, that's off the board now. Well, you just well, you're right. Well, well, if the if there's someone injured, you take the match off the board, just like a game uh, yeah. or whatever. You just say you take it off the board. Like if Cody got injured against Seth Rollins, hey, this is supposed to be you know minus a thousand or whatever it is for for Seth Rollins. Okay, well he's injured, so take it off the board. Whatever it is. But to me, you you don't need to post these to me that early and often. I don't think. I mean, once like a match is set, yes. Like so, right now we're in the build for WrestleMania. So I think after Elimination Chamber, and we knew that Roman won, okay, now you can post Roman versus Cody if you're a casino. Like, that. only at that point. Like, I don't think you would want to post that any – because otherwise you're also giving things away. You're not going to be posting it and available to bet until WWE gives you the the go-ahead. So I I don't understand why you would need to do that so far in advance. The hypothetical in the article I read was prior to the Rumble, you bet on who's going to end Mania as champion. And then that closes once the rumble starts. So obviously in that situation, Cody's a big favorite. You have Roman still there in the mix. So that's one way to do it. Well, I know that, that AEW and WWE have delved into this with DraftKings, Mm -hmm. where you need to build up who's going to win each match. If you get all the matches, correct, you get into a pot and you have a chance to win $10,000, $15,000, because we've seen both companies advertise with DraftKings. So I wonder, can I do a parlay? Can I do like, a Cody, uh, Rhea Ripley, Oscar parlay. Can I do that? Can, is that how it works? Can I do that? I mean, and be able to win money that way, like I do any games. Why not? I mean, if it, if they get this through and it becomes, I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. Like Bra- Brock Lesnar will be plus what plus five hundred almost would be like a distant like 
underdog and almost wins and I can get like $300 or can I, uh, <laughs> can I do that? You just got back from Vegas. Kent. Is there anything on the board? Was there a, a I did not see. was there a, <laughs> did a, a Paul Rollins up there? I did not see. I did not see Paul versus Rollins when I was at the uh, sports book in Las Vegas. But maybe, oh. maybe coming to maybe coming to a sports book near you, WWE gambling. Yeah, betting on individual matches. Like Soul Brother Number Five says. So what happens if it's a double DQ? So that to me, that's like taking it off the board, right? If if it's a double DQ, you get your money back. Yeah, it's it's, it's just like if the line is three in an NFL game, you just get your money back. And, and or the is that ends- like an option? Is it like soccer, where you can bet on a side or a draw, and that's essentially what that would be? Well, sure, this is, yeah. This is not a bad idea. I know. I know that uh, uh, Tim Hefty says this. No, I think it's a good idea actually, because if you can bet on Survivor, which has been taped six months in advance, you can bet on WWE. I, I don't think this is a bad idea. It no. gets more people involved. It's only a bad idea if they have to like try to plan something out months in advance and then have to stick to that storyline. That, to me, is the only way it becomes a bad idea. What do we got this week for match of the week? Or are we just going to all say the 60-man plus overtime Iron Man match and end the show? Yeah. I mean, the other one I'll throw out there, though, is the stream match. Like, House of Black finally getting a win. Like, that match was really fun. Uh, yeah, I would say that that 60-man, 60 60-minute 60 um match it actually was more than that 66 minutes right i mean yeah. <laughs> we got more than what we bargained for that match was so good guys we know that um that's just a blip on the radar for aw because they'll try to top it with something else but that match was great and actually i will throw in mox i thought that mox and, mox hangman, and hangman was, was fantastic for someone who's watched a lot of texas death matches or as they call it texas death um that was <laughs> that was the best texas death match i've ever seen it's the damnedest thing i've ever seen and and the, and this company at times wants to turn into uh, game changer wrestling. It certainly did. I mean, it, it certainly did. It turned into game changer quickly. And but again, we go back to the blood. Imagine for six weeks, Moxley doesn't bleed, and then it happens in the pay per view. Now you have sympathy on the baby face. Now you're like, oh god, he's really ripped up. But I have felt nothing for Moxley because he bleeds all the time. That yeah. meant nothing to me. So I thought that that was great. Um, Thought that Claudio against AR Fox uh, was very good uh, on ROH. Uh, what well, what was that? What now? Uh, I think my my yeah. my, my headphones weren't uh, working. Uh, AR Fox, Claudio, ROH. My guy, AR Fox. It was I good. Love, it was a banger. I love this shame. I love the shame of being an honor club member. <laughs> you get a free T-shirt, at least a koozie that like <laughs> for being. <laughs> I feel. I mean, I wasn't gonna do it, man. Now I've turned in the Broets. Now after the show, <laughs> now, I'm looking, now I gotta be looking for ROH Honor Club. I can't help it. Rick Abani and and Coleman are a great one-two punch. That's a great booth. Very it good. It is booth. a great booth. It yeah. is a great booth. I I, I, just, I enjoyed the ROH pay-per-views with those guys. Anything on SmackDown or Raw that we missed? No. No, that's a bunch of more uh, wonky Triple H finishes. Yeah, nothing really stood out there. Yeah, they're just they're they're treading water um, before Mania, you know. Nothing, the, and, nothing and super special. Shout out to to Revolution, another great pay per view. And if I if I told you Samoa Joe and Wardlow was the worst on that card, <laughs> that's not saying that's pretty good because yeah, B plus everything else was really really solid. I thought. Yeah, it was. 
it was a great show um, for sure. And again, that's what we've come to expect out of AEW. I'm, I'm hopeful that they can kind of pick up where they did right about this point last year when they really started hitting their stride leading into Double or Nothing. We'll see if they can do that now uh, since they decided not to put their champion on live television this past week. But he will be on live television next week. You know, again, like Q, again, QR Marshall, like QT Marshall, excuse me, standing tall at the end of your show after a big, great pay-per-view. Probably not the route you want to go, um, but that's just me. That's just me. Hey, he's a, he's, synonymous with, he's a synonymous with a champion. Can't say the same thing about his his uh, faction. His faction is there not even. There was silence <laughs> when he came out. There is nothing when he came out. Any of his guys, like uh, you think Solo is going to win a championship anytime soon? All his guys, nope, not yeah. even close, not even close. But we are on that road to WrestleMania, and we're going to have plenty of storylines to be told on SmackDown and Raw and AEW next week, and we're going to all talk about it right here, same time next week on GKW.